Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whippeal. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Bold Sports. We're on episode 75. We're going to dub this the Joe Green episode, since he is probably the best Pittsburgh athlete to wear number 75. Can't think of one better. Uh, I can't think of another one. Uh, I'm sure there was a hockey player at some point that wore 75. Mm, um, maybe. It know, just wouldn't look right to me, though. No, it wouldn't look right to me either. And, and, and all over the league... I, I mean, I don't know any other great player that wore 75 that's a standout to me. So, yeah. you know what? Joe Green is and always will be number 75. His number's retired by the Steelers. I was at that game. They retired his number. It was a Sunday night Ravens game. It was awesome. It's a big deal in football. It is. Because as we discussed a lot, like, there's a lot of squad numbers, you know. There's a lot of jerseys and... They can't just go, like, taking numbers off the table willy-nilly. Well, the, the Steelers only have two numbers retired. Well, you're right. If they retired every, every like, Hall of Famer's number, there wouldn't be enough numbers for, like, there would, the practice squad players. There would be rough. Yeah, it, you would, know? it would be rough. You'd have, like, three digits. Like, if a three-digit guy comes in, you know, you're in trouble because that's, like, someone who they just signed off the street. Right. You know? Uh, um, but, you know, I'll, I'll be interested, by the way, to see who the next 84 and 26 will be. I mean, also remember... I like the thrifty people who save their jerseys and don't burn them and just, like, tape a patch or something over yeah. over the nameplate. Or you could Anyone also... who ever... Anybody who turned their Cordell Stewart jersey into a San Antonio Holmes jersey knows what I'm talking about. And also with those nameplates, you can... If you buy the authentic jerseys or the one that's a step below the authentic jerseys and everything's, like still stitched in, you can have that patch removed and put another name on it. Mm -hmm. um, it's yeah. better to do it, like, gorilla style. Yeah, like. gorilla style. Just duct tape that duct tape. shit up and, and draw on their homes. Yeah. Know. I mean, uh, things are things are possible with printing these days. That you Yeah, know. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Joe Green, uh, you know, he was drafted by Chuck Noll in 1969, played through. Nice. I think he retired in, uh, don't quote me on when he retired, I want to say 1982 or three. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember him playing briefly as a youngin, um, but I, do, I, I don't remember him playing you old, you old too. You're right there. I don't remember Joe green though. I, I, I only remember like briefly, like one season or something. I mean, I don't, I mean, we could pull it up and see when he actually retired, but I want to say it was 82 or 83. Um, I had a Rocky Blyer. Like Steelers Bear with the twenty, and I it didn't say Blyer, but I was like, "Who's 20? And they're like Rocky Blyer, right? So yeah. like that's about as far back as I go, right? In terms of like being like aware of them, yeah. Um, Terry Brad, like I had football cards of Terry Bradshaw, but uh, I never yeah. watched. I don't remember I don't, like watching him drop uh, back to throw a pass. I think I briefly remember Terry Bradshaw throwing a pass. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I, my whole family was all Steelers sports, this, that, the other thing, my grandfather, all that. Um, my grandfather, I can remember to this day that my grandfather would have, uh, before cable TVs with rabbit ears and the mm. particular time of the season, he'd have a football game on one TV to have a baseball game on another TV and another ball game on the radio. 
I mean, and he'd fall asleep on the couch, and you'd wake him up and go or change the channel. You're like, oh, I was watching that, and, and he'd know whatever what was going on in every yeah. goddamn game. Well, you know, I think that's every Pittsburgh grandfather. That, that sounds like a good grandfather, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't know mine super well, but like from what my dad has told me, he was like, you know, a really big baseball fan, uh, despite not being born in this country. Um, you know, coming coming here as a young man and you know assimilating into the culture, and he. Apparently, really got into baseball, so um, you know that was a cool thing to know. And like, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he took lots of naps too, because I I hear he was a drinker. So yeah, I mean that helps. Um, but yeah, anyway, like you know, great great Steeler numbers. We had no no real Steeler news. It's been kind of quiet on the Steeler front. On the Steeler front, unless you watch unless you watch ESPN. I mean, they're well, still they, just, they, they still debate the whole bullshit. Whatever here and, and there, there was some talk about Bruce Arians saying things about the Steelers, uh, about Ben, about the leadership controversy. Look, we can we can debate this till the cows come home, but uh, it wasn't really on my radar this weekend. I was watching basketball. I know you were watching golf. I was watching basketball. I was watching golf. I, I was at work a lot this weekend. You were you were at work. You were on missions we had, to procure alcohol. Like, we had pens. We had a pens party. Pens party. We had a pens like with the pens. Or nah, nah. Pens? It was a pens watch party. Okay. at work. So, um, of course, like they held the pens. Well, they had two of them last week, and I'm like, you do know that this is NCAA tournament, like yeah. Uh, so they have the sound off of the pens game. They flip every TV to the to the pens game, and there's a lot of people who are like, uh, that's wild. I I'm I can, know can some you people... put the tournament back on? And they're like, well, we're having the pens watch party. Like, you have uh, a dozen TVs in this room. I can, like I wasn't. I was. I the can one feel that, like people who I know, like that are not particularly hockey fans. Like I can feel their blood pressure rising, like uh, for them. They're probably sound asleep in their bed right now, not listening to right. us record a podcast because it's not released yet. I can feel their blood pressure. Right. Like especially like where you're at, it's not like you can just like walk down like three down the street to the next joint, you know? Oh yeah. And hand the bartender a twenty. Like there's there's not a lot of options out there. Yeah, so you, you I mean, go to an event at a place and you expect to be able to like follow the tournament at this time of year. I mean, weddings have that option. Yes. Like I go to country club brunch like for Easter and there's a bunch of guys watching the tournament in the bar. Yes. I, I mean, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, no, no uh, disrespect to hockey. No disrespect to but the Penguins. But it's not the playoffs I, I mean, yet. and I know that my company was partnered with the Penguins and held those watch parties. That's and stuff. it. You need to get on that um, NCAA gravy train. So, so what they did is enough people complained about it that they actually like made left the sound on for the Pens game, but like alternated TVs with the games on with the basketball games on because enough people were like, "You had to have seen that coming." Oh, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I'm like sitting there, I'm like, you know, whenever they flip these TVs at quarter to eight, that it's going to be like madhouse in here because the Duke game's on. And this isn't the 90s where they had just CBS showing you one game and then flipping around to dramatic parts of other games. Like, the stuff's live on four different channels. It is. Like, I I had to, like, use Verizon tech support last week to get access to True TV just so I could watch, like, three games. So, you know? I have the Apple TV that has the NCAA March Madness app on it. I have which, it, too, but it wouldn't your, accept my login. Which cuts your TV into four screens, you get the, and you yeah. get all four games, except CBS, because it was a regular game, yeah. so I had to pirate CBS on the phone. You don't have to pirate CBS. Well, it wasn't pirate. You I rabbit pulled. ears, right? Uh, no, no, no. But the Apple TV was on this TV. Yeah. So I had three games on that TV, and I had the CBS channel on my phone. Oh, man. Or on the iPad, actually. You got to get one of those portable TVs. iPad. 
Yeah. That works. It's not pirating if it's over it's the air. It's not pirating. I don't believe that it's possible to pirate something that's provided free over the air. Right. It wasn't um, pirating. It was just Whether it's it like, into... you know, an official stream or like some guy in his, in his office doing it on his computer somehow, like, I don't really care. That shit's free. You can't pirate CBS content. Right. I'm not... I wasn't, and even yeah. if you could, why would you want to? Yeah, I wasn't pirating it. I was just putting it on a different device. Yeah. No, that's, that's all that, I did. You're, it's just a life hack. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. No, but no, no big deals. Um... Also, uh, we're recording this episode, uh, and I am drinking currently right now, uh, that was released on Saturday, uh, Dad's Nuts, which is from our friends at Fury Brewing, which were happy to join us on the um, Super Bowl podcast this year at Sorgatron Media Studios. Uh, Dad's Nuts, they talked about it briefly at the podcast. Uh, it's a brown aged, uh, it's a brown ale aged in Dad's Hats rye whiskey barrels. It's mm-hmm. quite delicious. It's got a good boozy flavor to it, good boozy nose. You definitely get that whiskey notes in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you get the uh, a traditional style brown ale. It's not heavily carbonated, uh, which is awesome. Kind of like a vanilla Yeah, there's some, thing going yeah, on. some vanilla in here, a little like bit of a nice, Like a nice uh, rum and coke almost, mm. like kind of boozy. We were drinking rum and cokes a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was a, a little change of pace for us. But, but uh, Amanda and I uh, uh, did... We tracked down some booze this weekend. Uh, East End Brewery had some gratitude. Uh, mm. They had the gratitude release, which is a barley wine, which I do once a year. Um, I read about that and was like, that's awesome. I want to do that. But yeah. then, of course, I didn't. Yeah, of but course. you actually do that sort of thing. Yeah, I actually so, do that sort of thing. Congratulations. Then, uh, <clears throat> that sounds awesome. It was really good. Uh, I got brought some home. Did you get any of the old ones uh, like, from I, past years? I have them in my basement from past years. Oh, you already have them? Because I know, <laughs> I know they were going to be like a... There like was yeah so so there like was limited number of the past years and stuff and, yeah. and when you when you're purchasing past year um, vertical stuff mm-hmm. uh, it gets pricey yeah um, so like the regular bourbon barrel aged gratitude uh, was eleven dollars a can mm-hmm. or forty dollars a four pack now they're yeah. sixteen ounce pounders mm-hmm. the last year's was thirteen dollars a can two years ago and then four years ago was seventeen dollars a can but it's like kind of like worth it because it is it's like you're it buying is. wine in it terms is, of is. booze content you're, is, you're, you're buying that, a bottle of but wine but the stuff that you're buying that's aged you're mm-hmm. you're probably gonna drink that now so what i do is is i buy one of the bourbon barrel aged cans mm-hmm. i buy one of the pretty paper wrapped bottles mm-hmm. and then i buy a regular bottle um and i drink the regular bottle within a few days which i did that the other night when my buddy came over after we tracked down more booze uh, uh, to celebrate uh, yeah it's like hey let's drink this and then I put the other two in the basement in all um, the and it sits there so I still have last year's release of the bourbon bro aged and the regular mm. so now it's sitting next to this year's release of the bourbon bro aged and the regular and I figure I'll drink them the, the barley wine goes up and down and fluctuates so your, your, your good drinking period is between two and five years so I figure I'll get enough for a nice vertical and I'll Call over people who would enjoy it and okay. and appreciate it, and I'll crack them open. Yeah, and we'll just sit here and there'll be, you know, four of us. So and that's like long range planning. Oh yeah, you it know? is. He says like buying one as long as I store it properly, I'm gonna be okay. My my deal is like maybe I'll like put a couple extra straws in the fridge in case like people <laughs> come over late night. You know what I mean? Like that's right. where I'm at. Well, while we were there, <laughs> I also picked up um uh, uh, a four pack of. What did I pick up? It's their DIPA. Oh, Bit Slippy. 
bit slippy. It's a it's a uh, double imperial IPA. Uh, it's a hazy one as well. Um, it's a New England style. Good stuff. And then we went to Fury Brewing yeah. to pay those guys a visit, and we got to uh, hang out with Adam and Ryan and Mike, and got to go into the brewery and walk around and check some stuff out. Nice. To go out specifically for the Dad's Nuts release. And while we were there, I also picked up uh, the um, uh, Dreamsicle, which is a uh, New England-style IPA, which is an orange orange Dreamsicle. It's quite delicious. It's the beer they brewed for Fresh Fest last year, the collaboration beer they did. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's quite awesome. But I you didn't some... get to buy out the whole the whole joint for the day because you didn't win your Super Bowl. I did not get to buy out the brewery and throw a party at the brewery for a day because I did not win my big Super Bowl pool this year. And I didn't hit the Powerball tonight. Did anybody hit the Powerball tonight? I don't know. I don't know. I just know I didn't. Mm. I'm already on to the next one, you know? Right. You know, if nobody hits tonight, it'll just be bigger on Saturday. Yeah. It was two bucks. Big deal, you know? Yeah, I usually throw like a five, six at that. I usually do like six. Get... It was just, uh, I went on a tobacco run. Oh, yeah. And I had two bucks left. That helps. So that's that's just kind of how it worked out for me. Awesome. You know, mo- most days I'd just get a scratcher, but since yeah. it was Powerball Wednesday, I so went, I have, went so, big. So as a Fury, I bought two of the Dad's Nuts, mm-hmm. drinking one currently, and then uh, the other one's in the basement. We'll pull that out and revisit it in a year or so. Okay. We'll see what happens. Roundabout episode... Mm, we're gonna be starting back over, so like. Well, we won't. No, we just keep adding. We go into the hundreds. Into the hundreds, but we'll lop the one off and just go with the two digits, right? So we'll we'll be on. Well, no, we'll call episode one hundred and one, and it'll be be on like Grant Jennings. Yeah, right. We'll get into there. We'll figure (laughs) it out. In the meantime, though, uh, this past weekend we talked about was some serious. uh, uh, There was a lot of sports going on. I don't know what your particular schedule was like, but mine was kind of hectic. I was busy, but I made time for Duke UCF. Uh, that was on while I was at work, mm-hmm. and I got to watch it when the crowd went, ooh! No, I made the right call on that game, because I I was doing a lot of spring cleaning type stuff around the house, and trying to get my yard spruced up, but I, you know, I I did make time to watch that game, right. and uh, it didn't disappoint. It was a good game to, to watch. If it had been a blowout, I, I'm sure I could have found something to occupy my time Definitely. in the second half, but it was it was worth it from start to finish. Did you get a chance to watch any of the Riverhounds action? They did play this... Saturday, when I was flipping around... I ended up missing most of the goals because there were also like three basketball, two basketball right. games going yeah, on at yeah, the same yeah. time. And I was, you know, I was just reveling in all of it and you know, I just missed a little bit of the action. Kind of a bummer. I was I was mad confused about that team. So I, I had to look up the Swope Park Rangers. They are uh, Kansas City. They're Kansas City, but they don't play in Swope Park anymore. Like I looked at that stadium and it, it's way too big for a USL team. And the reason that they are, you know, they are like an affiliate of the Sporting Kansas City. So that's the Sporting Kansas City Stadium that they play in because okay. their Swope Park location is like part of a training academy for like youth and therefore is not big enough for the USL standards. So instead of like adding bleachers like the Riverhounds did, they just up and moved. And they actually crossed the state line from Kansas City, Missouri into Kansas City, Kansas. Which, if you're from the area, means a lot, apparently. Uh, yeah, it does. So, there's that, a was bar. In, that was an interesting fact I learned. There's a bar down there. It's called the State Line Bar. Mm. And it's literally on the state line. And, like, half the bars in Missouri, half the bars in Kansas. It's quite uh, it's quite the dilemma. Yeah. Uh, uh, there. Uh, friends of mine went. They went down for the Steelers playoff game a couple, two seasons ago. Mm. 
Yeah. That's so, in Missouri. Right. Um, so we did have uh, the Hounds. They were in Kansas City uh, last weekend uh, take on the Swill Park Rangers. The game ended a 2-2 draw. The Hounds' next match is this Saturday at the Bethlehem Steel uh, at 7 p.m., which that'll be on the CW. Grudge um, match for sure because uh, those are the fellas who knocked us out of the playoffs last year. Yep. And, you know, it's an in-state rival. So if you look at the stats uh, for the Swill Park game, uh, Adewal had the had a goal at the seventy first minute, and uh, Velarde had a goal at the ninety plus one minute. So I guess an extra time. Yeah. Apparently, and then there's a P next to that. So I don't penalty. Know, penalty. Mm-hmm. So it was a penalty kick. Yeah. Okay. So so like a, a foul in, inside the eighteen yard box. Okay. Or then, a handball well, inside the box. That makes sense because you have one of the Swill Park guys. Abulandi mm-hmm. took a red card to the 90th minute. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes, you, and I didn't see it. Um, so I, I didn't I see it. Really, I shouldn't really even opine, but like there are situations where it it's kind of the right decision to take that red card. You know, like if the ball's going in and the goalie's out of position, like you might just want to stick your hand up and you know take the card. It's going to be a goal anyway. At least like a penalty kick. There's a Outside chance. chance that the guy misses. You know, some of these kick takers, they, they've started showing stats on, uh, on like, the ESPN uh, FA Cup games for the for the kick takers. And a lot of the teams, like, main kick takers only hit about, like, 60%. Um, so it, it seems like it should be automatic, but it's really not. Um, so, yeah, like, it's sometimes it's... I watch a it's, lot it's of a, those... It's a red card, and you're, you're, you know... You know how you get sucked into... It's worth it. You know how you get sucked into the downward spiral of Facebook videos? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, so you'll be in one, and they try to keep them all lumped in together, mm. and then you're on the sports one. Well, all of a sudden, those, like, all the soccer penalty kicks will come up and yeah. stuff like that. And I am watching some of them. I'm like, that's amazing on, like, how some of those goalies either make a really ridiculous save or look really stupid. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, like, I always love the ones where the guy kicks the ball, and the goalie dives right, and the ball goes completely left. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because you're kind of making a – you're you're you're, you're – making a judgment call there mm. and a soccer net is huge it's yeah. not like a hockey net where the goalie can actually take up the whole fucking net yeah well my uh my my weakness is for the players who hit a post because that's what happened to me when i was in pks in a in like a in-house tournament when i was like 12 or 13 right that was a uh, hit the post hit the, the post i mean i i had the goalie beat i like the one i'm sure you've seen the video the guy the guy hits the hits the crossbar, and the mm-hmm. ball goes up and bounces back out at the box line, mm-hmm. and the goalie goes running out, and then the ball had to spin on it and kick back and rolled into the net. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seen that video a couple yeah, times. Those, those are embarrassing. So anyway, Hounds pick up two points. Hounds did get two. Or points. sorry, one point. One point. One point for one a two-two draw. I mean, one point for the draw. And so hey. their stats don't look bad at all. They had thirteen shots on goal, four shots on target. Thirty-five percent possession time compared to sixty-five percent, which that's bad. Uh, they had three. Not necessarily, um, you know, depending on their their strategy. If right. They, if they want to play a counterattacking style, which you know, if they feel like they've got more speed and more width than the other team, then that's like a, a smart strategy. Well, they had three hundred and twenty-three passes to six hundred and three. Uh, pass accuracy was seventy-one percent compared to eighty-six percent. 14 fouls, one yellow card, zero red cards. Offsides were two, and corner kicks were 10. Uh, 
So, yeah, their standings, they're right now are in 15th position uh, with two matches, zero wins, one loss, one draw, one point. What's the two? Oh, that's the goals for. Okay. Yeah, so they're... Yeah, it's the goals for and the goals against. They're, they're in better shape than they were at this time last year. Yeah, last year they were not in, in great position, uh, and then they kicked it into gear. And uh, Well, if you remember last year, they went nine games without a loss. So, there's always that. Uh, they, but the goals weren't really coming. The goals weren't coming. They were they were they were uh, doing a lot of nil nil games, mm. you know, or one one games stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm not worried currently in that position about the Hounds and how they're gonna finish out. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to. It's know. a long season, as apparently I learned last year. I gotta <laughs> be honest, like Saturday is the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, oh yeah, Saturday's Sweet Sixteen. Or elite, wait, Sweet Sixteen, no. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Saturday, and Sunday. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's the regional finals. Definitely. Uh, there's going to be a game on at the same time. There's going to be some flipping back and forth. There, yeah. Um, and that's why you have a flashback button. Yeah. Or you have multiple uh, vessels to watch things. Yeah, I, I got one like screen. Like TVs and iPads. One and screen at a time is fine, but you get, like you said, you can always pull something up on your phone. Mm-hmm. So, how about, uh, what's going on with international soccer there, Matt? Okay, so... U.S. played a friendly a uh, couple nights ago against Chile. We're in an international break, so Europe is doing their qualifiers for the European Cup tournament, which, like, I'm sorry, but just doesn't really interest me that much. Uh, Europe's too big. Like, Yeah, Europe's you, huge. You have, like, you've got all these countries. You've got groups of, like, five or six teams. And maybe some groups only have, like, two what you would consider, like, top-flight World Cup contenders. And the rest is, like, these tiny countries and, like, principalities and territories. And you get a lot of bad matchups, like, you know. I'm assuming Monaco has their own team. Yeah, Monaco has a team. And San Marino and Liechtenstein and the Faroe Islands. Vatican. Vatican doesn't have a team, but I guess they could. They could. If they they wanted to, but that's not really what they're about. No. Um, you know, they'd probably just join the Big East if they... But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's great. But, but no, but so like somebody last time this, this European cycle happened, I think it was Joey Barton, who's a... He's a coach now, but he's been a pundit and a player, and he's been controversial at everything because he's real outspoken and he's kind of a violent kind of goon a little bit. Um, but anyway, he, you know, he was saying like, I don't... Who wants to watch this crap? You know, like, nobody wants to watch Spain play, like, Gibraltar. I mean, maybe for, like, the... Re- but it's not, like, a real match. You know what I mean? Like, the local rivalry aside, like, they'd steamroll them. So that's right. what's going on in Europe right now. And here on this side of the globe, we're not even playing... The U.S. is not even playing within CONCACAF. We're just playing friendlies. So the chance to play, like, probably better competition. And Chile is, a, you know, that's a pretty good team. Um, one one's not bad. Uh, losing Christian Pulisic to an injury after he now, scored a I've goal. I've heard that name several times, so he's, I know he's he uh, just signed a huge deal with Chelsea, but he's not there yet. They in in soccer you can do this thing where you can like, you know, sign up to go someplace next year while you're still under contract. Um, usually the case is like it involves them switching countries. 
said it's not as big of a deal. But yeah, like Pulisic is, you know, he's headed to Chelsea, and you know they're they're in a bit of turmoil themselves. But you know they're still they're they're still in like you know close to the top six. So like you know he will get to play Champions League next year with any luck. And um, yeah, I mean U.S. is just you know they need to keep developing, and you know getting better and trying to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, you know they obviously we're gonna qualify automatically when we host it. You know, but that's like down the road. Like we got right because the, the host country is automatically yeah automatically left. And they're they're talking about expanding the field so that they can allow U.S., Mexico, and Canada to all just auto qualify for that because it's going to be you know shared between three countries. But most of the games will be here in the states, and let's like not embarrass ourselves, you know. Um, and then yeah, we're looking forward to you know Premier League is back on Saturday. And uh, Scottish Premier League is back, and Sunday morning features the Old Firm Derby, which is uh, the Gla- the city of Glasgow in Scotland, the two teams that are the biggest, most popular teams in Scotland, Celtic and Rangers, and they're playing each other, and it's always, they always have it early. It's not the kind of match you want to let people drink all day, so it's, it's never like the Sunday night game, if you will. Um, you know how it gets down at down around Heinz Field for oh, yeah. the Steelers Ravens game. I'm sorry, I'm kind of slightly distracted. My pace, my 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 paychecks available to be seen online yeah. after midnight on Wednesday. And I'm looking at it, I'm just like fucking taxes. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know. Death and taxes, two things that are unavoidable, Steve. Yes, I know. And, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, it's after midnight. I can see what my paycheck's going to be." Because it's one of those ones in my industry, I'd never know what my paycheck's really going to be. Oh. You know. Yeah. Uh, I have a roundabout figure, but there's other uh, variables that are in there. Um, but yeah, sorry, uh, it's not, I was not ignoring you, but uh, yeah. I mean, you got this international soccer thing down to a T. I personally do not, because I'm not a huge soccer nut like yourself. Um, you mentioned names, and they peek up in my head, and I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard that name, or oh yeah, I've yeah, well, I saw him in this or that. Well, learn learn Celtic, learn Rangers. Um, you know, I, I I follow Celtic. They they were abandoned by their cowardly former manager Brendan Rodgers, and you know immediately you know gave the call to club legend and bit of a controversial guy himself, Neil Lennon. Um, you know, Celtic if they beat Rangers, they just pretty much further solidify their hold on the. Uh, Scottish Premier League for another championship and then all that's left to do is to win the Scottish Cup and they will have won nine trophies in three years. That's awesome. Which is unprecedented. And that's why it sucks that Brendan Rodgers would walk away from that because Leicester's got nothing to play for. I mean, like, they're not in, like, relegation trouble so it's not like he was hired to, like, save them from, like, you know, imminent doom. You know, he just wanted to go to the Premier League and he could have worked out a deal that said, like, if you want me that bad. And he could have made some money while he was doing it. Yeah, he's, well, no, he's making money from Leicester from day one. But right. it's just like, you, you leave your team in the middle of, like, something historic. Because you want to be a Premier League manager, ultimately. But, like, you don't have, like, the sway and you don't have the agent to be able to say, like, you know, I'll take over. Like, you know, have an assistant run the team for, like, the rest of the games and, like, 
they, they weren't in any danger. Like, they weren't going to win the league, but they also weren't in danger of being relegated. Um, I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm overselling it. Maybe I'm a little hurt, but... It happens. You know, it just, it just really sucks, and I, I never thought the guy was going to stay there forever, but to leave for the... Leicester is not, like... People disagree, maybe, but it's it's not, like, the kind of job. Like, he used to manage Liverpool, okay? So, like, to step back into the Premier League, I get that he's, like, a little hurt that he got fired from Liverpool, but, you know, I kind of thought he would wait for something a little more high-profile. Yeah. I mean, well, y- y- you convert that to NFL coaches and college coaches and stuff, where sometimes they just take a job whenever they were fired from a previous job, you'd think they'd wait for something a little more high profile. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't always work out there either. Um, True. You know, True. you get some guys that take an NFL job that have no business coaching in NFL because it's an NFL job. And you find out they're a way better college coach than they are yeah. an NFL coach. Look at Nick Saban. Look at Lane Kiffin. Mm. Way better college coaches than they were NFL coaches. Dave wants that. Same way. Yeah. Hell a college coach, not a great NFL coach. Then you got Pete Carroll, who is... Surprisingly, was great at both. Yeah, you know, he's also all over that admission scandal. You know, hey, but he's no longer a college coach, so he really can't come after him for shit now. No, but he's still he's still like signed off on a bunch of like <laughs> these like charlatans. You know, like he he was like you know, well, close associates with these people who are like. Well, keep in mind... He's, like, helping to, like, perpetrate fraud on, like, the non-revenue sports, basically. Yeah. Like, as the as the head football coach, or former head football coach, you know. Well, keep in mind that the uh, NCAA is in the top most corrupt organizations in the world, along with, like, FIFA and what's the, uh, the, the, uh, the Olympic one? The IOC? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, so anyway, I mean... You have issues. Whatever. I know. So that's so that's international soccer. It's it never ends. Um, international breaks are not as much fun for me as as like a Premier League fan. Like I, I need that Saturday morning action, and I can't wait for it to come back. Right. Well, so that's what happens on Saturday. Well, we're speaking of breaks. We're gonna take one right now, and you're gonna listen to our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview about all the great podcasts that they host besides ours, Bold Sports. They host several other great podcasts, such as Awesome Cast, Russell Mayhem, uh, Fishing Without Bait, and uh, the broadcast as well. Uh, don't forget to stop at Slice on Broadway in Beachview for your perfect pepperoni pizza, as well as several other locations that they do have in and around the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll be back in just a few moments, and we're going to talk some NFL stuff going on here uh, that's in the off season. We'll be back in just a few moments, folks. Do you like professional wrestling? Once your discussions, no holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. All right, folks, and we're back for our second edition here at episode 75, the Joe Green episode of Bold Sports. NFL news. Gronk retires. Not really surprised. 29 years old, three-time Super Bowl champ, five-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro 2010 to 2018, nine-year career, all with the Pats. 
Gronk made over $70 million in the NFL, and he's banked and invested all of his player checks. He's lived off his endorsement deals and has kept it simple. Well, and bonus money. <clears throat> bonus. Does player checks include bonus money? Uh, yeah. I oh. believe so. I, I mean, like, because he gets a, like, game checks. Uh, well, okay, yeah. The bonus money he's lived off of, too. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Game, like, game everybody checks, ought to be able to live off bonus money. Yeah, game checks, he... he, he Everything he's banked. Yeah, man. So just set forth. up a separate account, direct deposit that, and don't even touch it. And it goes right you to know? his investment guy. And if you feel like you're getting a little low, just like go do some more Tide Pods commercials. Right there, you go. I mean, uh, Gronk, Gronk. Honestly, you don't hear shit in the news about Gronk unless he's out of the club partying, you know, or hanging out with porn stars. He's okay, like you know, he he's not a he's not one of those guys that's out there buying twenty five thousand dollar goat rings. He's not out mm. there buying. You know, he bought one chain because one of the guys on the team, and he's like, that's a nice chain. He goes, yeah. He, goes, he says, he let me wear it and whatnot. And he says, he's like, all right. He's like, yeah, wear it for the season. And he's like, and he went out and bought his own, like, chain. So he got used to wearing a chain. It happens. Yeah. You so he, he went out but and bought But he's not, like, obsessed with no, it. No, he's not obsessed with, yeah. like, going out and buying all this ridiculous jewelry. I mean, yeah, he, he has a nice car. He has a nice house. But he's yeah. not out there with, like, 14 cars. Uh-huh. And, like, 14 house or, 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 not even 14 houses, but, like, three houses. Like, I got my... My house in Miami, I got my apartment in Pittsburgh, I got an apartment in, you know, I got my apartment in uh, Seattle or wherever, you know. He's an apartment in Pittsburgh? No, I'm just, oh. was using it as a reference. Like, he, still, you have he, your... still, he still stays up off of Wilkins Road. But... Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he, I mean he, 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 just, he doesn't blow his money frivolously other than on booze and strippers. Um, but, but, I mean, <laughs> whatever, like, he's, he's had injuries. Oh, he's had... He's he's lucky he still played. He's not coming back, and he had nobody's a back, surprised. Did you realize that he missed his junior year of college because of back surgery? I didn't know that. Yeah, I was doing the research, hmm. and I'm like, he had junior year of college. He missed his whole junior year season because of back surgery, hmm. um, and he had multiple back surgeries in the NFL. I mean, he has uh, three Super Bowl rings. I think one of them he didn't even play in. He was in the box, uh, you know, because he was on crutches after back surgery. Uh, you know, I, he was a dominant force for the New England Patriots at the tight end position. Yeah. And there was a while there that the New England Patriots had all, all their tight ends were dominant. Mm. You know. Well, so they they have had good tight ends, but... Gronk I mean, was the only one his, that... His resume looks like a Hall of Fame resume. It does. Except for the years. Yeah, except for the years. He's got and nine seasons. Some, like, I was listening to... Uh, Jason Whitlock's program the other day, and I, and I do mean listening, so I, I don't know like who said what in the back and forth that they were having, but there were some panelists who were suggesting that he's not a Hall of Famer because he didn't play a long enough career. And I'm saying to you, you know, we're in a new NFL where guys are retiring at Jason, 30. Jason World's retiring at World's, 27. Right, and a lot of guys who have gone out like earlier than you know players in the past have retired didn't have that kind of resume, but right. Gronk does. So, like, what I'm saying to you is that maybe people need to get used to that. You I, know? I definitely could see that. And I think I think if you play nine years and you win a Super Bowl, like, a third of the time, you know, and you're, like, a key part of that team, you're not, you know what I mean, just some, like, role player. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he, he's he, an explosive he, player who made big catches, who, like, could have been named MVP of this past Super Bowl. 
Gronk's stats are ridiculous. I mean, I, I, see, 70, I see no reason to keep him out of the Hall of Fame just based se- on his 78, 78 receiving touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. One's considered a rushing touchdown yeah. because of the way the ball... It was a backwards pass. Now, the other part of the debate was, is he the greatest tight end of all time? Uh, and that's where that's where like I think it was Marcellus Wiley was saying like no it's you know Tony Gonzalez Tony Gonzalez had a longer career was longer still career. very consistent Tony Gonzalez Tony Gonzalez never won a Super Bowl. never won a Super Bowl that's that's and that was the hang up about talking about Dan Marino going into the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. he had all the records he just didn't have a Super Bowl I, I I don't care like you said nine years you won a Super Bowl a third of the time you were there and you were an impact player on the team. You weren't just the punter. You weren't the backup tight end. Yeah. You know, you were Gronk. You you, you made plays. How many times did he just dominate a game? He did it against the Steelers his rookie year. His rookie year against the Steelers, he had three touchdowns. It was the first time a rookie tight end had three touchdowns in a game ever. Yeah. Uh, just ridiculous uh, athletic ability. Um, the way he played the game uh, made him retire uh, early yeah. because he played hard. He he played physical. Um, you know, he was that guy the first few years of his career where he just he was a playmaker and and he ran people over. And then it got to where he lost a step or two and he and he still had the hands. He's still six foot six or whatever yeah. he is, six foot seven. Um, Big dumb jock meathead looking dude, but he seems kind of like funny. Yeah, he's you know, a, I, I he's a funny guy. With him. I think Shit. I think he will be good in acting. I think I think when when they're looking for roles where they're like, we want John Cena, but like maybe like a, a little, little funnier, funnier and a little less menacing. That's like that's like what he's made for. Like he's not quite the Rock, you know. He's not he's not quite like Jason Statham. Okay, but like he he could be a good sidekick in a heist movie or like a remake of The Dirty Dozen if they ever make a third. I'm just saying. Yeah, there's just that. saying. Definitely. Um, yeah, he we should make like Ocean's '87 starring Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> he um he definitely uh, his last few years in the league changed his game to be more of a blocking tight end mm-hmm. and so forth, open up those holes. Because uh, he didn't have the speed and the quickness to get down there. Uh, you even saw in this last Super Bowl. I mean, he only had a couple plays thrown at him. You know, the the AFC Championship game, I think he had one or two receptions for like 30 or 40 yards. Mm. But still, one or two receptions for 30 or 40 yards. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, in the Super Bowl, we had those catches that were up, the, uh, up, up on the sideline. And, and where, uh, what's his name, Tony Romo, perfectly diagraphed out for everybody to see. Mm. You know, hell of a player. That Romo, um, he's like a regular Geraldo, man. You, you know, hell of a player. <laughs> uh, it, it helps the Steelers out a little bit for him not being there, but they're the New England Patriots. They're going to go replace him with somebody. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll figure something out. I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm not worried about the Patriots. I'm not worried Until either. we have to play them whatever week that is because we always have to play them. I don't even know if we have to play them this year. I think we, we do. We play them every year. We always play them. It seems like it. It seems like, oh, you have two random games to play in a, a random team. We're going to give you New England. It's the ratings, man. Right? Steelers, Patriots, 430, CBS. Like That's like probably 
probably week two, fourteen. I mean, like pro- probably like five of the top rated CBS yeah, shows yeah, in the yeah, past like yeah. five years. Week fourteen or week games. week fourteen or week fifteen. Steelers Patriots. It's always it's always like the third most watched game behind like the Super Bowl and then maybe like. I don't know if like the Pats play the Cowboys or something. So we also have another retirement this past week. Jordy Nelson, uh, who's mostly known for playing with the Packers, though he played last season with the Raiders. Uh, retired. He's age 34, 10 seasons in the NFL, one Super Bowl ring, one Pro Bowl, one time second team All Pro. He made over 56 million career earnings. I think he'll be all right. He'll be fine. Um, also, if you read about him at all, he identifies himself as a farmer, not necessarily a football player. Okay. In the off season, he would literally go out and like herd like thousands of cattle. Um, he would go out and cut down um, wheat fields and whatnot. He's from Kansas. Okay. Uh, ironically, his wife is named Emily. Her maiden name was Roethlisberger. What? No relation. What? Get out. No relation. What? Wow. Thank you, Wikipedia. That's crazy. But yeah, and, and they grew up together. They went to kindergarten together. Did they not mention that during the Super Bowl? Uh, they're not related. No, but you would I think, think... Oh, they probably did. I mean, I was too busy, like, stress-eating and busy drinking. Stress, oh, yeah, drinking, stress-eating. I was stressed. I, yeah. I never had a good feeling about it. I knew we were going to lose that Super Bowl. Uh, from, like, from like about three weeks probably prior. I was just like, we're not going to beat the Packers. Yeah, I mean, I'm like... I had a really I bad I had a really feeling, bad feeling about the Super Bowl. And I, I did not have fun that day. Like, I was yeah. just... I was stressed out all day. I drank too much coffee. The only I hope, ate too the, much pork. The, the only hope I had of us winning <laughs> that Super Bowl and then ended in a fumble. Um, yeah. But here and there, yeah, I, I looked through Wikipedia. His wife's maiden name was Roethlisberger. Um, and I believe it's spelled the same way. Yeah. Uh, no Is relation. she a good leader? She's no no relation. Is she is she tough to work with? Uh, you know what? I, she, you know, like anybody she, else that has <laughs> anybody else that has a long term. Does she get on a stretcher when she like like breaks a nail? You know, <laughs> anybody else that's in a long term relationship or is married knows that the wife is the leader of the house, or the significant other is typically the leader of the house, the female. Yeah. Um, but also, so if you get that. offended easily and you can find someone else to pay you like, you know, four hundred million dollars, like you could go, you can go do that. Right, that's not that's different from like how marriage works. So, so Jordy Nelson, thank you for your uh, time in the NFL. He was a hell of a wide receiver. He for a while he was the Packers' top receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Jordy Nelson. Unfortunately, uh, he had a season-ending injury uh, that was sustained in a preseason game here in Pittsburgh. Uh, so <laughs> that wasn't pretty for him. Um, but nobody likes those preseason injuries. No, not at all. Uh, but congratulations, enjoy your suffering retirement. Have fun on your. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's considered the farm at that point when it's as big as they have. Uh, <laughs> it's a farm, right? A ranch. I think it's, it's a, a ranch. A, is a, when, a, a ranch is a, when you have animals. Well, yeah. So they have a, a farm. Ranch. Is when you like grow. Yeah, they have a, they have a ranch. Plus they do all the wheat and yeah. corn and everything else as well. Okay, so they're wheat farmers and they're corn farmers and, and they they're have ranchers. Cattle. They have cattle. Okay. Yeah. So sounds like a good growing concern. Yeah. So we have so we have uh, those guys uh, retire from the NFL this week. Uh, Also, uh, the NFL did some rules change Uh, for a one year trial. uh, They're going to do a one year trial. See how it goes. The offensive and defensive pass interference calls and non calls uh, can be challenged this upcoming season. 
Uh, underneath the two minutes, uh, underneath to the two-minute clock at the half and at the final end of the game, the league will review all calls and non-calls uh, in the booth and back in New York. Um, this I'm was officially going to start watching games on like half-hour delay. Th- this was this this was passed for a 31 to one vote by the owners. Guess who the one vote? It was the said? Bengals owner. No, no, the Steelers owner. Really? This, yeah. Art, 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 Art Rooney II is is the one that said no to that being. Uh, well, good because I I'm just not looking forward to that. It's just going to make games longer. And oh, more, it's definitely more making boring games longer. and less less fun to watch, less interesting, less dramatic. Everything you see, like already with with replay, like you can't really like trust your eyes anymore when you watch football. The games because so fast. the drama. Well, no, and it's not that the game's fast. It's that like. A play happens, you think your team got a catch, and then, you know, they, they challenge it and look at it for, like, two and a half, three minutes. Yeah. And it and it steals the momentum. Like, even if they, like, uphold the call, like, it's you still t- lose, yeah, the you lose the momentum. You lose the momentum. You crowd. Going. You definitely As a do. fan at home, you probably have started playing on your phone or, like, going to get more dip. Or you switch to the red zone. I uh, never switch during the Steeler game. Steeler game, we don't switch. Yeah. Steeler game, we don't switch. But, yeah, other games, like... I mean, I, honestly, the only games I watch consistently are, like, whatever game the Steelers play and the Sunday night game. I like, watch the, whatever game the Steelers play. If they play a 1 o'clock game, I watch that, and it doesn't leave the channel. Or unless I'm at the game, obviously. Obviously. Uh, and then I watch whatever 4 o'clock game has the most fantasy implications for me. Mm. And then I watch the Sunday night game. Mm. And then I watch the Monday night game. Uh, I looked at it this way. There's enough games on with the Thursday night and everything. I don't need to go buy the NFL package. You know, my, we have a, our one buddy that we hang out with. He has the uh, he pays for the Red Zone channel. Yeah. So after the Steelers game's over, he puts the Red Zone channel on. Yeah, Red Zone's good. Um, I don't think I get that. You have to pay for it. Yeah, I just, you know. It's like 15 bucks or something. Like I said, bucks. the Steeler game is enough of, like, one NFL game. You know, that's like a four-hour chunk of your day. Um, it is. It's got to be like a special day for me to like be able to have more than four hours to give to anything. Right, yeah. and also for you on Sunday. I mean, the Steeler game's over. Then I'm then I, I you have a lady in your life like I do with mine. It's like, all right, football's over. Steelers are over. They won or they lost. Um, can we go do this now? I let you watch your game. Now it's time for me. Yeah, but like we, I have that. We do I don't stuff, know if you do or we, not. We but. do stuff where like the games can be watched. Right, where you're still on the bat and you can still yeah. watch the games. I mean, but, like, I don't care. Like, if I want to go see... If there's a movie, like, to go watch, oh, yeah. you know, as long as it's not interfering with the Steelers, because I need to be able to right, follow yeah, that yeah, drama. Yeah. And, I follow that drama completely. You know, completely. And then, and and totally. you know what? And you know what? I'll miss the 8 o'clock game. Let's go to a Sunday night movie. Yeah. You know, I'm cool. I like the 8 o'clock game. I think I, like I think that that's, too. for me, like, replaced Monday night football. As the league's like right. showcase, um, I think I think Al Michaels is excellent. Like, oh, Collinsworth! Collinsworth! Gets, can every suck every a cock. fan base hates Chris Collinsworth for the same reason. Probably even Bengals fans when it comes down to it. So I guess he's just biased against all thirty-two teams. I guess. Apparently. I guess. I don't know. I I don't think he's like the best commentator, but I don't think that because he's biased. So, I just think that. So he's in the uh, like, so some other different. things in the Arizona meetings, uh, there was a tabled. Table, uh, tabled a proposal originally put forth by the Kansas City Chiefs to guarantee each team a possession in overtime. 
voted down a proposal uh, from Denver Broncos to give teams a one-time option in the fourth quarter to have a fourth and 15 from their 35-yard line as an alternative to an onside kick. Stupid. Yeah, that makes no sense to me. So, like, the the idea... So, it's like, so it's like look... Um, so let me let me reread this real quick. Thirty-five yard line. Uh, okay. So instead of us giving doing an onside kick, which the ball has to go ten yards, and your and your kicking team, your special teams has to recover the ball mm. to get the onside kick, that they tabled, they put an option out there that said, "Hey, how about let's try this?" To where we're not going to onside kick it. You're going to give us the ball, and we have to complete a one one play. 15 yards, and then we get to retain the ball. If we don't go 15 yards, you guys get the ball. Right, and it's like, first of all, I think it's probably a little easier for, like, to it's easier to make a 4th and 15 completion than it is to... I would think so, especially if you have guys kick. like Gronk, but um, he's not playing anymore. Some Somebody brought up, like, what happens when there's a penalty on the 4th and 15 play. Yeah. Like, our team's gonna get possession because of, like, you know, they decide to, like... Say they have, like, a big, tall receiver who, like, the cornerbacks just have to drape themselves all over. Like, are they just going to, like, chuck it deep and hope for a pass interference call? Right. And then and then throw the there's challenge many, flag. There's too many variables. Challenge Throw the challenge flag. So then you've got, like, a 4th and 15 play there's, there's with, an off, with, with, with a challenge of pass interference. And then we have to sit there and wait for that. And then there's an offside call. Yeah. I mean, you So know. That, that's too much crap. I also don't like... Like, I get... I, I can see what's happening with kickoffs. Like they're they're gonna phase out kickoffs because they're, they're dangerous. Because they're dangerous. But I, I don't get it. I don't like taking the the kicking game entirely out of football. Well, no, um, I don't. Because it's it's very strategic. And it's also like you know I know that like being a football purist isn't the same as like baseball. No. But like I don't like taking the kicking out of American football because it it will like sort of deny the roots of like. You know the commonalities well, between our football and the Australian game and well, soccer and rugby. Well, here you go. The you next, know? the next one was is they made permanent the 2018 changes to the kickoff rule, uh, which had been made a uh, one-year trial basis, which was last year where they moved the the ball up to the 35-yard line and balls come out to the 25. Yeah. You know, and so forth. So that's so that's fine. I just that's permanent. Even Whatever. if it's just like ceremonial, like I just want to see them kick the ball. Because that's how you change possession in rugby. Yep. You know, that's that's what you do in soccer. Like, when the goalie has the ball, he Let's see, freaking they, punts uh, it as far as he can. Also voted to eliminate all blindside blocks, not just those to the head or neck area, uh, to increase safety on punts and other plays. Uh, the blindside block, it ends careers, uh, said Troy Vincent, the NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations. It puts people on the shelf. Uh, to have uh, that removed out of our game is significant. Uh, approved a proposal that gives teams a choice in timing of enforcement on a personal foul or unsportsmanlike conduct after a scoring play. The yardage can now be marked off either on the extra point or on the kickoff. Well, that's interesting. Yes. Because that, that, that affects, like, you know, does that include if they might go for two? You know, because if if you say, like, I want the, you know, 15 yards on the extra point, then, like, would the coach say, like, I'd rather go for two? And if you go for two, then do you have to go for two from the, like, 17-yard line? Hmm. 
and then like why would you do that you when when you could essentially so so this is the basis of this is the basis that's fascinating this is the basis of this is the basis of the rule i'm sure there's gonna be subsections to this rule well i'm interested in that we'll have to look up subsections i i I hope that that like because you know there's rule 168 dash one part a dash one dash one part a b yeah, I hope you they know, don't make it too complicated so, because the part-time refs don't want to screw it up. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't want to have the league office say on a Monday that like, oh yeah, we screwed it up and we shouldn't have made you like have to go for it for two from the two yard line. Here's when a, when you just like here, had a personal foul on the here, previous. Here's play. a fun, interesting one. Speaking about personal fouls, uh, voted to allow the NFL's officiating department to eject players for frequent football fouls from the New York Command Center. Previously, it could. It could eject players for non-football acts such as punching or fighting, but only referees could eject players for for flagrant hits. So that's like the targeting rule. Yeah. So now they're going to have, like, you know, the targeting rule, like, command center. So now you're going to have the people in the basement underneath the bellows of whatever building in New York, four floors down, and you're going to have a guy like you or me sitting there watching 16 screens of one game. And they're going to have all the camera angles on everything and be like, hey, it was out of the play, but camera 16 picked up so-and-so uh, with a chunking hit on this guy. Throw him out. Mm, it's a little too big brothery for me. I don't know about you, man. Like, I yeah. I, I don't know how, how you play football, like, thinking that, like, well, you know, they might catch me doing something on this hit, but I, you still got to tackle the guy. You still got to tackle the guy, and also, you know, I, there's a lot of off-play stuff that goes on in that. And as a player, at, that would be my concern. Yeah. As, as a fan, like, all I ask is that it not take any more of my time. Like, please, like, we have lives. Yes. Also, uh, they voted to uh, use competitive tiebreakers rather than a coin flip for most ties in determining drafting order. Okay. So, so it's going to get down to what, like, head-to-head? And- yeah. It's going to get down and they'll use the competitive tiebreakers, head-to-head scores, uh, points, and stuff like that. So if it, if the Steelers and the Ravens finish with the same exact record and whatnot and they're, and they're drafting in the 20 and 21st position, they're going to determine their head-to-head record. And then if it's 1-1, then they're going to go down to points for and points, points against and stuff okay. like that. No worries. Uh, that That's really not a concerning thing. Um there was something else I saw in the NFL that the uh, CBA is up at the end of the 2020, or it's up at the end of this season or up at the end of 2020. I think it's up at the end of this season. It re- it goes back into 2020. So they are actually starting to work uh, now on the new CBA uh, so that there's not a work stoppage. Because, God forbid... We saw what happened back in 87 with that. Yeah. Or was it 91? One of the no, there was... I think it was, it was 87. 88? 87, 88, yeah. There was the work stoppage. Yeah. Um, there was... Yeah. So they're they're, they're getting... They're, they're starting now to, to work with the CBA. Good for them. Uh, you know, I think now the players are going to have more of a stance on this. I think that there's the last time the owners got got a lot of the the, the stuff out of it. Well, the the players, you know, they got a lot of. Um, I don't know. I guess just what 
for this next thing, it's going to be about the owners are going to want to prevent more Antonio Brown stuff. Right. Okay. Exactly. Like the the you know it's it's not enough to like have no guaranteed money. You know, like you, we also need to make sure you don't like hurt your value to us as a tradable commodity because you know we want to be able to get as much as we can like if you decide you don't like it here you know how and how are you going to regulate that you know like no popping off like no social media i mean this is a whole new ball game very interesting to see where that goes um i mean i i don't know like the the players they, they should get more money on the back end i think that that would be a noble thing for them to argue for, um, pension wise. You know, maybe you know, give a little more for like minimum service time, given what we know on you know concussions. That even even if you like you know play two seasons, you know you're still you're still sustaining risks and injuries and all kinds of possible long term ill health effects. Yes. So I mean that that's something that should be on the table, you know, from a player's perspective. Um, also just concerned about the popularity of the NFL. Like, is it gonna, is it sustainable? You know, like, they're gonna be carving up a piece of pie, um, based on what they think the NFL is worth, but is it going to be worth as much going forward? Like, people are losing interest in football. They're, they're getting more into soccer, they're getting more into the NBA, and, I mean... The TV, the TV marketplace is getting much more competitive because of streaming now. It is, and also, I mean, the cost of going to a Steelers game is is getting. I mean, and I always tell people when they come in from out of town, I have friends of mine that come in every year for a game, and we all meet up and we go to the game and everything. And I was like, don't buy tickets mm. before you get here. I was like, you can always find tickets and not pay. Two hundred dollars a ticket and sit in five twenty five mm-hmm. and be two rows from the top. They're like, "But well, I want to have tickets in hand." I'm like, "Yeah, but you're gonna." And the one year they listened to me and was like, "Oh shit, you're right." They got tickets the night before the game at a bar that mm-hmm. I happen to be working at from somebody who's like, "Hey, I got my tickets for tomorrow night." And you know anybody wants them? I'm like, "Yep." How much you want for them? Boom, boom, boom. Got your tickets. You're good. You know or. We, that's or that's we, like special access, though, man. Like, well, no, 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 everybody... no. But even you can walk down to this to the stadium, and go down to the stadium and walk through the parking lots and get them off a of scalper or people in the parking lot cheaper than buying them online at two hundred dollars a ticket because the Steelers sell out at the day the tickets go on sale. Yeah, and it's it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, you you go to a game even as a season ticket holder, you're paying for upper level seats and the five hundred level, you're fifteen hundred and twenty dollars. For two seats for the season, you know, for for ten games, you know, and that's and they're seventy they're seventy five dollars a piece face value. You wait to the day of the game or even the day before the game, you can get them for fifty. I mean, it, it, it's just what it is. I mean, but there's the people that put them online that are selling them that are getting the two hundred dollars for the games, uh. You know, and then going to the game, I mean, you know, that's a whole day. It burns a whole day. I mean, yeah, it burns a whole day. burns a whole lot of money. It does. I mean, you, you, know? you go to a game, you're, you're costing. So, so it's so like you, two days pay and so one you, day. Like, so, so you oh. say you spend face value on upper level tickets. It's 150 bucks for two tickets. Mm. And then 
you spend another 150, 200 down there between eating, drinking, hanging out, taking a trolley. If you drive, you park, tailgate, whatever. I mean, parking is 60 fucking dollars a car. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I know guys that sell their parking pass that are season ticket holders that to them, their parking pass is $35. They sell for 150 every week. Yeah. You know, it, it's ridiculous. It, 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 it's can you sell thing. your season, can you sell your pass and you sell your parking pass, keep your tickets, keep your tickets. Yep. So wait, do you get a pass with the tickets or is that extra? Uh, it's extra. If it's, yeah. it's extra, okay. so but yeah. But and I would the get the way pass. Get... I would get the pass and then just like sell it to someone who wants to tailgate. Yeah, because I I don't I know want so to. many people. That like do I live that. in I live in the South Hills. It's way I too take easy. a trolley. I'm good. Yeah, way yeah. too easy. I know so many people. You're in. You're out. I I had I had a friend of ours hand me pirate tickets box, mm. box pirate tickets with a parking pass. I jumped on the trolley. Had. Only used two tickets, mm. sold two tickets on the trolley on my way down. Yeah. Got my money back for whatever. I gave him for the tickets and still had a parking pass. Stood outside that lot and somebody's like and the and the cop was like, Yeah, it's a parking pass lot only. He goes, I need to pass my guy and I'm standing I'm like, I got one. The cop's like turns his back. I'm like, I walk up, I'm like, give me ten bucks, dude. There you <laughs> go. And, and, you know, he's like, Go. Cool. <laughs> I mean and the cop's like, I don't know, you know they're cool. Yeah, they're you nice. know. But you know, here and there. It's a big money thing. We understand this. It's the NFL. Uh, keep an eye on free agency. There's still lots going on. Uh, the draft uh, is right around the corner starting Thursday, the 25th, through Saturday, the 27th of April. Uh, so that's a big thing. Keep your eye on the Steelers. Do have five picks in the top 100. It's not bad. Not it's, bad. It's something to build on. I'm optimistic about this, the Steelers going forward. It's, oh, I am too. I've always felt this way about them, you know. Like they're better than most. They're consistently involved in the postseason. This is the first years. year. This is the first year they'd made a big splash in free agency and paid some people that are coming from other teams. And they I mean, didn't spend a whole lot or as much as others, obviously. But I, I, I they, they, I did try some not shit. to be negative. Like there's, there's a lot of controversy about you know did Roethlisberger run Antonio Brown out of town? Eh, it's know. over now. It doesn't so, matter. He's fun. gone. Okay. So all we can do is move on, move forward, and let's see what we got with you know Juju and Rogers and whoever they draft. Exactly. Uh, also, uh, what went on last weekend was pretty fun to watch. Uh, was the PGA Tour uh, last week? They were at the Copperhead Course in Innisbrook. Uh, Paul Casey took the win there uh, with a minus eight for the tournament. Not all the big names uh, played last week. They're getting ready for what's going on currently that uh, we actually have on the TV uh, in the replay format. I watched live this afternoon. Is the WGC match play event. Uh, it started in Austin, Texas at the Austin Country Club. There was a rules change this year uh, and in the scoring and so forth. Uh, the match play events always fun to watch uh, because you have guys playing against each other. And you, you take your traditional uh, shots out of there. Uh, not traditional shots. You take your traditional scoring. Um, they're still scoring birdies and pars and eagles and stuff. But you have to beat the guy that you're playing. If he scores a birdie, you have to score a birdie to tie him. If, you, if, he's, if he birds and you par, you lose the hole. Simple as that. Okay. You, you, have, to, you have to better the guy. That you're playing or tie him, so match play is always fun. It's it's very strategic on how it's done. Um, 
what what they did this year is now so the tournament starts on Wednesday instead of Thursday. Um, so they have five five days of golf. Three three each player is guaranteed three rounds because they did it now uh, in groups. So like we'll just say for instance you have group one: Dustin Johnson, Hideki Matsusama, Brendan Grace, and uh, Shez Revy. They're all given. Uh, a number uh, in, in accordance with their ranking in the world golf ranking. So you have one plays the lowest and two plays the other one, right? So they all get to play each other Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Everybody will play each other in their group. They're going to go ahead and they're going to get one point for a win, half a point for a tie, zero point for a loss. Whoever has the most points out of their group come Friday moves on to Saturday. And Sunday it moves on to Saturday, and then they would play. Then the groups get very uh, smaller. So Friday it comes up, and say you have uh, in this group, which is a very good group to watch, which is uh, Group Twelve. It's uh, Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, Hendrick Stenson, and Jim Furyk. So in that group, we'll say that Jason Day and Phil Mickelson are tied at the end of their rounds on Friday. Mm. They go ahead and have a playoff round okay. on Friday and to see so there's a chance that on Friday you're playing 36 holes if you're tied with somebody in your group cool also with match play you necessarily don't play all 18 holes if you come up to hole 14 14 15 16 17 18 yeah if you come up to hole 14 and you're five strokes up and you play hole 14 and the guy that you're playing doesn't tie you or loses the hole, you're done at hole 14. So what, you don't even get to like finish the course? No. If you if, if there's no mathematical way that he can win, you're done at whatever hole it is. But that's stupid. No, it's not stupid. That's like, by those rules, like I should just stay in the car. <laughs> it's why you and I don't play match play. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, man. Uh, like, I'm, I'm here now. I mean, I might as well. Like, I'm out here on the course. So no, the what easiest is way back to the clubhouse is to just keep going at that point, right? It depends. I don't know where. Well, you're gonna exactly cut across right. someone else's fairway, man. That's yeah. very poor etiquette. You I know, finish right? The course, but but no, unless they go, it's like twilight and like you can't see anymore. No, they go no, but they go ahead. So yeah, I mean, if you come up to if you come up to the fifteenth hole and you have and there's no way the other guy can can win because you have the winning holes above him, mm-hmm. they just call it. They just call it at that point. And be like, okay. You win, you win that match, you move on, and so forth. It, it makes it, you're right, it, it's it's less, I know, you're out there, you want to play, like, I'm just going to finish these holes, you know, but. Plus, like, people came to watch golf. When they get to watch a lot of it, because some of these guys, you know, keep moving on. It's awesome. Uh, the uh, This course has a, several holes on it that are, like, Really, so out of the par fours, I think four of them are drivable, mm. and out of the par fives, two of them are able to be hit in two. Uh, there's some par threes that are really, really, really tight. Where like if you're left, you're mm. out of bounds. Mm. Like it's like the green, and there's a shelf, and it's out of bounds. Uh, the 13th hole on this course in Austin Country Club uh, has a rolling shelf that goes into the water. So if you you can hit the green. But if you don't get it high enough on the green, it's just going to roll back right into the water. Um, it, it, it's a fun 
it's golf. You can screw up on anything. Uh, I, I go play Mount Lebanon course, which is a nine hole track that we play all the time. And I, I tell myself I can play that course with six clubs, which is what I play that course with. You know, the day I went up there with my little plastic grip that just clipped in six clubs, I put three balls in my pocket, a handful of tees. I walked up with six clubs. Huh. I needed every other club in my bag. Yeah, well, you because know. it was golf and it's Murphy's I fucked, Law, and man. I fucked up. Yeah, and I needed to. I'm like, ah, shit! I only brought my driver, six, seven, two wedges, and a putter. Well, kind of wish I had my five iron right now. <laughs> You're sitting there trying to think. Now, how can I blade this six iron to act like a five, but not do a complete cut around the tree and end up out of bounds? Yeah. It happens. Just whack it. Yeah, right? Um, no, it, it it's a fun... T- I, I love watching all the tournaments. Match play tournaments are fun to watch. They use match play a lot in... Um, a lot of people know match play from Ryder Cup and President's Cup. Um, this is the one they do in the middle of the season, which is awesome. This also does count for FedEx points as well. Um, you have... Uh, Bubba Watson is the uh, reigning champion. He actually lost his first match today. So, we'll see what happens. And as you watch here, Matt, I mean, you'll see guys walk by and they putt and they just pick up their ball and they concede the whole, you know. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. So, it's Do like, you think they do enough match play or, like, do you think that if they did more match we, play events that it would ruin the novelty? Uh, I don't know if it ruined the novelty. I mean, now we do a couple. Like, yeah. You know, and I, and I, I always, mind, It's like a different kind of vibe, you know. It is a different kind of vibe. I think, I think it would kind of kill that a little bit if they had like a match play event every other weekend oh you're right i wouldn't do it every other weekend if you did if you did uh two match play events or three during the season and then add the Ryder cup or the president's cup yeah sure uh they only do one during the season and the Ryder cup or the president's cup but you know here or there it's it's a fun time i love watching golf and and you know they're in austin texas right now where it's like 80 degrees and beautiful and everything's green um, and it just gets me hopeful, uh, for here. I was outside today. I'm getting new steps. I was outside talking to the contractor and, uh, my neighbor's tree has buds on it. There's mm-hmm. some green growing. In I got, in the yeah, woods I got across. the lilac buds. There's some good, there's some green oh, yeah. in, in the going in across oh, yeah. the, de- the deer were out eating the fresh green that popped up in the woods. Across yeah, I planted the bulbs. My bulbs are popping up. It's, it's time, man. It's coming. Uh, also, what's coming on is the NHL hockey playoffs. That's coming on strong here soon. Uh, the Penguins uh, have five games left, uh, and the Pens actually look like they're clicking uh, headed down the stretch here. Uh, they're finding themselves in second position in the Metropolitan Division. Even with the small amount of games left, uh, the Pens can still find themselves on the outside looking in. Uh, they could also win the division. They Let's... could also win a division. I feel you are confident. correct. I, I went negative first. This. I apologize. They're gonna, they're gonna be okay. I'm telling you. I mean, can't say what they're gonna do in the in the first round, but I think they're gonna make it. I think they're gonna do it. Well, I mean, making the playoffs, I don't see that being an issue. Currently, right now, the Capitals are leading the division with 98 points. The Pens have 95. The Islanders are right there behind the Pens with 95 points as well. Uh, Hurricanes are behind at 91. Uh, and then the Blue Jackets are 88. If I clip to this little screen right here, it shows me that the Hurricanes and the Canadians are right now uh, battling for a 
uh, wild card position. Uh, Metropolitan Division shows the Caps, the Pens, the Islanders. Atlantic Division shows the Islanders, the Bruins, and the Leafs. Now, a few of these teams have a game in hand or two over the Penguins, um, which kind of worries me. I believe it's uh, the Hurricanes have two games in hand mm. uh, over the Pens. I think the Caps have one game in hand over the Pens, uh, which by that, folks, means that the Pens are done playing and they still have games left to win or lose. Um, I'm not sure how I... You know, I, I can see this... They could win a division. I don't know who the Caps have left to play. Mm. Honestly, I don't know who the Islanders have left to play. I can tell you who the Pens have left to play. And they are in Nashville, uh, or they have Nashville at home uh, tomorrow night. Or, sorry, Friday night. And then you have Carolina at home on Sunday. And then the Pens go to Detroit on April 2nd. They have Detroit come to Pittsburgh on April 4th. They finish up with the New York Rangers at home on the 6th, which is a Saturday game. And that is the shirts off their back nights, which is always fun. Uh, you know, they pick people out of the stands, come down to the ice, the players take the jerseys that they wore that night, sign them, hand them off. It's always a fun time. Well, it's getting to be that time, like I was just saying earlier, I guess before we started recording about how you know, I'm looking. I'm looking for something to watch on these past couple weeknights, with no um, well, the Pens NCAA the last tournament. Yeah, but like tonight, you know, there's really nothing on. Yeah, but when playoff hockey starts, there's a game every night. But that's what I'm trying to say, dude. Like, we're not there yet. I know. We're not I'm there. ready. I'm I'm ready for it. It sucks that we're not there. It'll be there soon, though. And playoff basketball starts like the week after playoff hockey. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, we're right on top of it. Yeah. And, like, then you got, like, that and hockey and baseball. Can you believe that this is going to be the first time that LeBron James doesn't make the playoffs since his second season in the uh, NBA? I'm not terribly shocked. I'm not terribly shocked Western either. Conference is, has been a lot tougher than the East. Should, oh, for years And I now. think there might have been a couple years that he wouldn't have made it with Cleveland if they had had to play in the West. Exactly. So, yeah, it happens. Um but, like, that's what I was saying earlier. It's still funny to me. Like, they're still showing Lakers games every chance There's they get. There's a Lakers game on right now. Yeah, probably. I, uh, I, no, it was on right now when we started recording. I It was on ES, ESPN had the Lakers game. probably about wrapped up by now. But you know, sure. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's just LeBron TV. Um, I wasn't against the concept at yeah, first. Yeah, the game just got over in their first highlights is the Lakers in Utah. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know who won or lost, but... Well, I mean, the the NBA is still pretty good without without LeBron in the playoffs. I it think is. it'll still be entertaining, and he'll be back for another year. So you know, like, like this isn't really an NBA town, so we don't have a rooting interest. Just saying, like this past these past couple nights have been kind of cruel because it's not as much drama as March Madness, and pretty soon you're gonna have NHL and NBA playoff drama, like every night for like a month and a half. And it's going to be brilliant. All right, folks. We're going to go ahead and take a break right now. And then we're going to come back and we're going to wrap up with the NCAA tournament and Major League Baseball since that starts tomorrow. I am ready. I am ready for that some baseball. That is a big lie. A, I mean, I'll, I'll accept it with open arms, but like, it kind of crept up on me. It did. Bit. Yeah. It did. 
All right, folks, we'll be back after uh, these messages from our friends here at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. We'll be back in just a few moments. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, and we're back for our third and final segment here of episode 75 of Bold Sports. NCAA Tournament has yet again uh, gone to the Sweet 16, and I don't think there's a perfect bracket out there. Yeah, well, it's stupid. Like, I don't know how we got fixated on this perfect bracket thing. Um, It's not like a thing that anyone aspires to. So, everyone aspires to because people offer a shit ton of money, and I know the year that it was Butler, Duke, and Duke won that there was a kid in Indiana that had a perfect bracket down to the final game. Yeah, I mean, anybody can get lucky once in a while. Right. I mean, uh, the, it's not... I guess what I'm saying is it's not worth obsessing over. No. Like, you, no, you can't... You're not going to have a perfect You bracket. can't, like, start throwing up at, like, 4.15 on Thursday afternoon because, like, you, like, My bracket's busted! You know, Man. like, stop it. Just yeah. stop it. Yeah, it, it's not going to happen. Uh, I'm not even in a money pool this year. I just filled out a free bracket online. Oh, yeah. And I had a really good first two days. And... Like an okay, like I did Amanda's bracket day three and four. Like I'm somewhere in the middle. I didn't do my own bracket this year. I did Amanda's bracket. What through her work? Yeah, I did Amanda. I picked Amanda's bracket for her, and and she was in first place day one and two, and then day three and four happened. <laughs> well, then probably about the same. So, yeah. uh, it's been exciting though so far in this March Madness in the bracket tournament. Uh, there's still a chance for Duke and UNC in the championship game, which has never happened. Um, there is a chance. There's a chance. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, this week with the Sweet 16 starting tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, your first game, you're going to have... Well, actually, they're all night games now. They're night games now, so it's going to be a long day of opening day baseball. Yeah. And then basketball. And then you got... So, so your games are going to be uh, Florida State-Gonzaga. Purdue and Tennessee, so Florida State's a four, Gonzaga's one, Purdue's a three, Tennessee's a two, uh, Texas Tech, Michigan, that's a three-two, and then Oregon and Virginia, that's a 12-1. Oregon, after uh, Bull Bull got injured, mm-hmm. uh, people thought that they were done, and then the team rallied back and played their ass off. They won the Pac-12, and that's how they got into the tournament, because the only way they could get in is to win the Pac-12. Yeah. And they won the Pac-12. Got them in. And I don't have a problem with them being a Cinderella. I mean, no, not at all. It's not like, yeah, like everyone's heard of Oregon. I guess yeah. what, you're not allowed to be a Cinderella because like you're Oregon. you have name recognition. And it's not like Oregon's name recognition is based solely on their basketball prowess. No, it's mainly based like, on their football. It's more, it's more about their football and even their baseball for that matter. Oh, and Oregon baseball freaking running ridiculous. like track sports. And just like the the freaking like law school and like the fact that Nike is there, I would say are all like probably bigger rep than the Oregon basketball program. So like yeah, they they're fine to be a Cinderella, even though they're you know from a major conference. So like, other that's than, cool. Other okay. than Oregon, other than Oregon, every other team that's in is a one through five seed. Yeah. Which I picked a lot of chalk on my bracket. That's why I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um. 
And then on the I, uh, on the Saturday Wisconsin games, screwed me a little or bit. sorry, on the Friday games, you have LSU, which is a three. Michigan State's a two. Auburn's your five against UNC. Uh, Virginia Tech's your four against Duke, and then you have Houston's a three at Kentucky. Um, so yeah, the only teams outside the top five that made it is Oregon, and it's kind of kind of rare. There's usually a couple eights or nines in there. Um, yeah. Wasn't it a few years ago that was the first time that all number ones made it to the Final Four? Something like that? Yeah. It was like, it, it was only a couple of years ago. Like, it, and I'm talking like within the last four. We still have good games though. Yeah, they're still um, great games. Great games to be played. This the thing is, is like the Cinderella stuff, like in the upsets, like that's fun for casual fans. Yeah. Who either like picked it in their bracket because they didn't know what they were doing when they filled it out. Or they just like got swept up in the drama. But for, like, big hardcore basketball fans who have been watching college basketball every night since, like, December, you know, like, they like they kind of deserve to see a good tournament with, like, the best teams yeah. and the best games. Um, have you watched any of the NIT tournament at all? No. Neither have I. No, I watched the women's tournament when I could Oh, on the women's tournaments. And then there was really none good. of that. There, that wasn't on Tuesday or Wednesday, so, you know. Like I said, it's been slim pickings these past couple nights. There, the NIT was on the other night, and there was, a, I think it was an Indiana game that was on at work, and that was all I saw. Of the NIT and the NIT, they play at their home courts and stuff. Yeah. it's not like a big drawn out uh, show. I mean, I would not pay tuition to a college that insists on like traveling to the NIT. It's a <laughs> waste of money. You know, nobody cares. You need to host that shit if you if they let you host it, like yeah, take the well, gate. Well, what was that? What was the uh, was it was the NIT tournament the one year that uh, was it the NIT or was it some other tournament? Pitt won the one like off the wall tour. That was below Pitt the won the IIT, CBI. The CBI. Yeah. But what was it the one year that um, Kentucky actually had to come to Robert Morris? <laughs> In whatever tournament it was. That was like a preseason thing. No, no, no. It was like some tournament. What? Because Kentucky didn't... Make, yeah, Kentucky didn't make the... It was like one of the years of Calipari. It's amazing. How, how, yeah. It's it was, almost unfathomable. Yeah, it was one of the years that Kentucky had... Now, Kentucky beat Robert Morris, but they had to come to Robert they, Morris. Yeah, they played it. Like the, it was like the... I, I, something with an eye. Uh, some weird tournament that Kentucky was... Bad that year, yeah. And actually, I think Robert Morris beat him. That uh, Kentucky, that was one of the years that he had no like one and dones and nothing like that. Kentucky just had a really, really down year. Uh, they had to come and play Robert Morris in some whatever, whatever tournament. It that was. is wild. It was, uh, and it was within the last ten years. I know that for sure. I I don't remember when, obviously, um, because I drank a lot of really good beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the inter intervening years, like we've all had a lot of good beer. Yes, it's it's a wonder that we remember any of, any of this stuff. Well, what's fucked up is I remember more sports shit than I remember what I did when I was ten years old. Uh, we were probably playing sports. So. I was. Um, speaking of playing sports, I loved playing baseball growing up as a kid. That was like my game. Played all summer long, you know. Practices, games, travel league, all that. And then I got old and I can't play anymore. So, 
But now we have Major League Baseball. Starts tomorrow. Official games start tomorrow. Uh, Major League Baseball season. It's awesome. Uh, Previously to the upcoming season, Chris Sale um, did sign an extension for $160 million uh, that could pay him well after he retires uh, with the deal structure. It's kind of like the Bobby Bonilla deal. Or the Bryce Harper deal. Uh, or the Bryce Harper deal. Um, the deal is hard to figure out uh, based on <laughs> based on where and who and where the money is actually at. A lot of and it's it tied up in a lot of it's tied up in like lobster futures. I like, understand. Like, like, I looked at the Chris Sale deal and I'm like, I definitely need like a law degree and an accounting degree to figure out that deal. Well, I mean, they've got the Harvard School of Business up there, so I'm I'm sure someone understands what's happening. Right. Uh, a, a lot of it shows that like his deal's back weighted. Mm. Um, he actually signed it at MIT. Oh, just just so someone would be able to make sense of it. They they actually went to MIT, and they were like, "Okay, computer nerds." I was I was looking at that. How deal does this and I'm deal like, work? I was looking at that deal. And I'm like, huh, huh, okay, sure. I told you about my friend in the break who's in like five fantasy baseball leagues and he uh he posted about it on facebook and that's how i know about this but in one of his leagues his team is called the jersey cutters because of course chris sale before he was a red sock was a white sock right and he was uh scheduled to start on a throwback night but he didn't like the jerseys that the white Sox were wearing for throwback night and he refused to wear his and he took the jerseys from all of his teammates and cut them up with scissors. I do remember that. And so the the rest of the team wore just the regular uniforms that night. But Chris Sale, like, he had to take the extended time out. So he did actually, he actually skipped a start in the rotation. It didn't really matter that much because the White Sox, like, they weren't contending for anything. But yeah. he was their ace, and he skipped a start because he rebelled against whoever invented the throwback jerseys for that particular game. And I remember when he went to the Red Sox, my friend who's a Red Sox fan was so excited because he's just like, that is just like the coolest thing that's ever happened. I'm also a Red Sox fan. And the Red Sox don't have to pull throwback uniforms. No, because their regular uniforms are their throwback throwback uniforms. uniforms. Uh, So it's a good fit. So so the White Sox, the throwback uniform, I think the one that they cut up was that pullover that had like the the black and the red stripes like the beer the league front. like the beer league and softball it had, and it just had socks on it mm-hmm. yeah but it had weird sleeves yeah it did have weird sleeves and i i'm like you know i don't know if there's like in baseball like you're even allowed to cut the sleeves off your own uniform and still pitch not unless you gotta be uni- like not uniform. unless the uniform has like because the pirates for a while had yeah. those Vest. The vests, the vests, yeah, yeah, and like when Randy Johnson pitched for the Diamondbacks, yes. I'm pretty sure he wore a vest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people look better in vests than others. Let's just say that's true. You know, uh, but yeah, so that deal is. I love how baseball hasn't even started, and we're already talking about fucking vests. Right, it's such a great sport. It the the minutia, baseball the, the, is the stuff that has nothing to do with baseball the actual is America's gameplay. pastime, and it's a great game. It's amazing to watch. It's amazing to go to. Um, you know, the sights, the smells, the sounds. The crack of the bat the that Steve will never bat. hear because he won't go anywhere near the stadium this year because he's boycotting the Pirates. Again. 
I guess I guess you can go hang out at like does Castle Shannon have like a little league field around here someplace that you can go hear the ping? I live in Mount Lebanon, thank you. Yeah, but like it's uphill. <laughs> we all know like you're not gonna walk up a hill to go see Mount Lebanon Little League. You're right. Now I'll co catch a trolley, get a Dormont. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. But you know what, man, from the Dormont trolley stop, like it's down a steep ass hill. Mm-hmm. So after the game. Yeah, after the game, that's where I call lift. Call lift. <laughs> <laughs> Can you put me up at the Dormont baseball? Field? Yeah. Oh man. You take me to the R bar? No. If, if uh, I got a, if I got called to pick someone up at Little League, like I'd expect somebody like not your age, right? <laughs> Just saying. Exactly. Um, so for baseball this year, that does start tomorrow. All the teams play tomorrow. Uh, the Red Sox are the odds-on favorite to win the World Series at six to one. And that and, like, what, like, you know, two bucks will get you a ride on the tee? Yeah. I mean... 275. Baseball is a funny game. It is a funny game, and it's a it's long, a long season. season. 162 games. And when, what was the last team to win back-to-back World Series? Uh, Yankees? I, I knew that. I just wanted to hear you say it. Yeah. I mean, it was, like, during the Jeter era. Well... Which only ended a little bit ago, but that was. But it was early. Yeah, it early. was early two thousand. It doesn't happen often. Back to back, usually teams not named the Yankees never win back to back World Series. Right. I mean, there there's some exceptions, but not recent ones. Not recent ones. I can't even tell you the last team other than the Yankees to win a back to back World Series. Uh, I can tell you the teams have been in the World Series back to back years, but they didn't win back to back years. Yeah. Uh, so the Pirates. At that aspect, are at eighty to one uh, to win the World Series. I can actually do that now, can't I? But <laughs> yeah, can I, I go down the rivers and do that? Can, you can go down the rivers and bet. Do they have season-long bets like that? Yes, you could go down and drop a hundred bucks on the Pirates at eighty to one to win the World Series. They're not going to win the World Series. No. They're not. I'll put ten dollars on. But it. there's other odds down I'll there. I'll put ten dollars. There's on other it. odds down there. There was the one guy that one year. Okay, so the Pirates that made the when they made the playoffs that year, uh, the Cueto game mm. was that 2013. Um, there was a guy in Vegas that laid like a hundred dollars on like the Pirates to make the playoffs at like a ridiculous number. It was like I think it was like you know uh, 105 to one the Pirates made the playoffs, mm. <laughs> and he paid off on it. You know, it was ridiculous. Well, I mean, that's something worth looking into. Like, obviously, I, mean, I do go, not base hey, you my... Know what, you know what? I'll go drop a 20 on it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't base my, um, like, financial planning on the Pirates doing well. No, I don't. I, I've i known since well, well before I had a job or any actual income mm-hmm. that the Pirates are not a winning bet. But I like I like it when they do well. So even if I don't win money... Like, if the Pirates, you know, make the playoffs, I'll still feel like a million bucks. Um, Meanwhile, you know, being realistic about it all, you know, I I see them having a hard time finishing above fourth in their division. And I'm I'm not... Being in the NL Central, yeah, I can hear you. I'm, I'm not trying to be negative when I say that. Like, that's just realistic, like... What they did in the off season, it's, you know, it's over. Like we, it's kind of like how I, with with the Steelers, you know, like Antonio Brown is gone, he's not coming back. 
and the Pirates did not make like a big splash in free agency for another year, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna go in with like a new shortstop. And... If the Pirates are in contention for a wild card spot, come All Star break, they need to look into a big bat. They need to look into uh, some offense. Yeah, because. Currently, the Pirates are going to be opening up tomorrow in Cincinnati. Um, who Cincinnati had a lot of additions this year. They added uh, Yasiel Puig. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you still have Joey Votto over there. They had a couple big arms in the pitching rotation. Uh, they're going to be a contender in the NL Central. Uh, which, of course, already has... If y'all fell asleep for a while... The St. Louis Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Brewers, who went to the NLCS last year. So, yeah. Nutting hasn't done anything to make the team better. Uh, The Pirates are projected to have one of the better pitching staffs uh, this season. The defense will probably be solid. The offense is where you worry about it. Well... It's opening day, and I'm not going to worry about anything. Um, you know, things will shake out. Like, we'll, we'll know by May. You know, probably, if, if they're going to have, like, a shot. June. That's not really yeah. true. Like, some sometimes people I mean, how last year they went on a fucking 19-game win streak. True. Yeah. <laughs> right so, before the All-Star break. Okay, yeah. So, like, things have started poorly, and then they, they level out, and there's still hope. Um... The problem is with it's the Pirates. It's a long season. Okay, so 2013, they actually made the wild card game, right? Yeah. 2012 and 2011, they would have made the wild card game or the playoffs if they would have had a better start. Their starts are the ones that fucked them up, where they screw up and don't win games and lose really close games in April and May and June. And then they get, and then the Pirates seem to get hot towards the end of the season, but they've dug themselves in such a hole that they can't get out of it. You're looking right now at your starting lineup, being Jung Ho Gung at third, Polanka, who's injured currently, uh, but he's going to be in right field. Chris Archer as your pitcher, Josh Bell, Francisco Cervelli, Stalin Marte, uh, Tyone's on the opening pitching staff, Adam Frazier, Trevor Williams on the opening pitching staff, Corey Dickerson. Um, and left, Kevin Newman is your shortstop. Uh, Chisholm Hall is a floater guy. Uh, Call Moran, he's uh, back up their basement at this point. Joe Musgrove is going to be a starting pitcher. Felipe Rivero is going to be in a bullpen. Uh, Nick Kingham is going to be in a bullpen. Uh, Kayon Kayla is going to be in a bullpen. Uh, Gonzalez is going to be a relief guy uh, on the field. He's a backup. Uh, Diaz, he's your backup catcher. Stephen Brault. Uh, he's going to be in the starting lineup. You got a lot of guys on here that, you know, there's not a whole lot of big names. They don't have, the Pirates don't go out and get big names at all. No. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I, I, I saved this article from Baseball Prospectus about about the Pirates and just just the, like, introductory two paragraphs to grab your attention like are perfect because he's he's comparing the ease of replacing a headlight in a Subaru with 
the ease of dealing with like a BMW dealer. Right. The analogy basically is that like the pirates are a Subaru and other teams are BMWs. You know, and they cost more money to buy and they cost more money to maintain. And if you're not really like about spending money, you know, on a championship, then like, yeah, you can still be in it be a baseball owner. Just like you can you can still own a car without paying for the BMW stuff. You know, you're just you're not gonna get the prestige. And fans like fans don't care if like Bob Nutting like gets to work every day and back. Like they they want style. They want like something to remember, you know? Like it's like a luxury. Um Yeah, and like I I you know, they they could spend more money than they do, but they're not. And I really think a lot of it has to do with the competition in the division. Like if they found themselves in a weak division, then maybe they go for it a little more in the off season, but it's like an arms race. The National League Central, like, it's it's like a nuclear arms race almost. Because you've got the Cubs and the Cardinals, like, they're kind of, like, always going at each other. Um, and then Milwaukee has been a player for, like, the past couple years, and now the Reds are starting to pour money into, you know, rebuilding their club. So it, it really doesn't make any sense for someone who's risk-averse to begin with for this to be the year that you put more money into your product. It just, it's never going to happen. And I, I almost understand it. I'm almost not mad. I mean, long-term, like, overall macro picture, yes, I don't like the way they run the team. But as far as this one upcoming season goes, like, I think it makes a lot of sense that they're not going all in. I also understand that, to a point. Um, ESPN has the Pirates projected at uh, 78 and 84 fifth in the NL Central. The World Series odds are 80-1. to 1. Here's their best case scenario. Um, there, is a non, there is a non-zero chance that the Pirates pitching staff emerges as the best in the NL. The rotation has uh, uh, dynamism? Dynamism? <laughs> yeah, dynamism. And Jameson Tyone and hopefully soon uh, Mitch Keller Along with good depth, the back of the bullpen with uh, Felipe Vasquez, uh, Kaon Kayla, and Richard Rodriguez looks outstanding, especially if Clint Hurdle can identify a dependable group of bridge guys. Uh, if they, uh, if that staff is supported uh, by plus defense uh, and a lineup that gets a couple of career seasons, then the Pirates are capable of fringe contention. Fringe contention if they get a couple career seasons. Right. That's lightning in a bottle. That's like their yep. approach every year. Pretty much. Even going back to like the freak show in like 97. You know, it's like we're just going to run out what we got and hope that it blows up and like we catch fire. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're, they're, they've got more money invested. They're a little bit better than that team. But it's still the same approach. It's like we're going to go out there and we're going to do the best we can and we're going to hope we get lucky. Well, that was the best case scenario. Here's the worst case scenario from ESPN. Uh, the pitching is okay, but the worry is that the offense looks as uh, feeble as it might, uh, especially given a less than scary middle of the lineup. Meanwhile, if the Bucks manage to handle uh, near the fringe of wild card contention heading into July, uh, the need for a thumper uh, would become obvious to all. 
But if the trade deadline passes without the addition of said thumper, sooner or later the Pirates need to throw their fans a bone or three. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's not about like I don't I don't want to be pandered to. Like throwing me a bone, that sounds condescending. Right. Like that just sounds like, okay, well we're just gonna go out and hire like Well, they tried that a couple years ago where they brought in J- uh Morneau. They brought in Justin Morneau. They that's brought not in throwing a bird. That's not th- no no they, no. That's not throwing me a bone. That's like rounding out Rounding out a, a meal. team that you had at throwing, that point throwing in someone a bone is like you know, you're a hungry dog and like here's something you can chew on. It's not right. gonna it's not gonna actually like make you less hungry, but it'll like give you something to chew on for a while. Like adding more no, like that was actually just like that was like gravy. Yeah. You know? Like And he didn't do shit when he got here. No, he didn't. He got hurt almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Um Marlon Bird. I mean, we brought him in a trade deadline, he had a year left on his deal. Um I swear to God that he had his shirt unbuttoned more often than not uh you know just because uh it you know now here's the uh espn make or break player chris archer looks like the number three looks like the number three or four um in the pirates perspective rotation uh if he returns to form uh that's when uh the pirate staff begins to approach its potential hopefully pitching coach ray searage can work his magic uh as he's done with uh so often before because we saw Uncle Ray go ahead and turn around A.J. Burnett uh, and turn him back into uh, into an ace. Um, then again, A.J. Burnett was the number five starter for the Yankees. And when we got him, the Yankees paid the majority of his salary. And he walked into the door of the Pirates as the ace uh, with his pedigree in his career. He has the World Series, right? Um, you know, and... But he his mechanics were all messed up, and his head was not right. And Ray Searage turned him into, you know, got him back to his stellar career uh, for the few years that he was here. And then he left for a year and then came back uh, after that because he wanted to finish with Searage. And I actually talked to Searage and sat at a bar with him, not working, drinking, uh, <laughs> when Ray Searage and his wife were there, and I was talking to him, and... Uh, he's like, hey, and that was the year that AJ was in Philly. He's like, yeah, he goes, he calls me all the time. He's like, hey, what am I doing wrong? Watch my film. Tell me what's up. You know, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, Ray Searage has been known to fix pitchers, um, which is awesome. Uh, so you do have a lot of pitchers that want to come to Pittsburgh, um, to work with Ray Searage to get fixed or whatnot. But also, at the time, once Ray fixes them, they tend to go away. Um, uh, who's the kid we traded last year uh, with Austin Meadows? Glass now. Yeah. Ty- Tyra Glass now. And Austin Meadows are in Tampa. And he was real good uh, the end of the year yeah. in Tampa. Yeah. And they, was... they weren't contending. No, so that, that's just what kind Tampa was also not having a starting pitcher either. They just ran a bunch of pitchers out there well, throughout the game. Okay, so I, I know a lot of Tampa games. Like, I watch a lot of Tampa games. Um, Glasnow was not one of those pitchers who was doing the opening. Like, when, when Glasnow had a start, he would start. Okay. It was it was other pitchers, when it was their turn, that they would maybe bring somebody out of the bullpen for the first couple innings. But, like, 
they're they're working on glass now. They they know they have like a potential ace, or at least as far as Tampa is concerned, an ace in their right. system. Um, so yeah, like that might be one who got away, but again, like he wasn't doing anything here, you know. And we we needed other other help elsewhere, so we gave him up. You did, and you gave up Glass now, you gave up Boston Meadows for Chris Archer. Um, well, let's make sure that that, you I mean, know, I, you I, don't I, regret that trade if Archer has a good year this year. I I, I hope so. Um, I worry about uh, Austin Meadows blowing up. He's going to he, he's gonna be a, the potential uh, everyday starter in right field yeah. uh, for Tampa. And that's a hard place to play in that dome. Uh, you have to go ahead and figure out... Um, you know, uh, with that roof. Yeah, you got the catwalks, the catwalks, and you got and like that. the you know the white background. Yeah, catching a white ball. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I mean, that can mess anybody up. Uh, we, we saw when Tampa was in the World Series. What was that? Eight nine years ago. Mm. Uh, how that affected uh, Philadelphia at that point. Mm. Um, it it it. it Hey, each each uh, each field has their own house house. Uh, yeah, the ground rules. rules. The ground rules. So, which is one of another little baseball minutia that like part of the fun of the game is all this little like crap. Okay, like people always say ground rule double when they really mean book rule double. Okay, because like when the ball bounces over the fence, that's a book. That's rule a double. book rule double. Yep. A ground rule double is when the ball goes into some weird place that like only exists in that particular ground yeah. or stadium if you will like a ground rule double is like when the ball gets caught in the ivy at wrigley yep and the right fielder puts his hand up and says the ball's caught in the ivy and the umpire points to second base okay a book rule double is when it bounces on the warning track and up over the fence and into the seats yep or has some weird spin on it when it bounces on the foul line and then bounces right into the First base side, yeah, you know, stuff like that. We've seen that happen. That does happen. Uh, PNC Park, it happens a lot, actually. And the, the stadiums are getting more intimate, so it's more likely to happen in the future. Less and foul, less less foul territory, and you know, I don't know, drier infields because of global warming. Uh, it's quite possible that more balls will take weird bounces and and spin. I uh, I have not been to Wrigley since they updated the stadium mm. uh the last time i was at wrigley was when the red sox played out there mm. uh shit probably eight years ago now it's the first time the red sox played in wrigley since they played each other in a world series back mm. in the 20s um but that ivy and wrigley and uh the way that stadium is i've been to fenway i've been to wrigley it's they're they're, they're both amazing they're my two favorite ballparks, but from what I've seen on TV and what they did for the updates at Wrigley, just make me upset. Like putting those big boards in there and and you know changing things around. It, it, you know they're gonna keep the ivy. They always will keep the ivy. But I mean, it's just well, that's the Ricketts family for you. They're yeah, not, they're not the best people on earth. Let's just leave it at that. Um, yeah. It's also the modern game, and every other team is doing everything they can to monetize every inch of their park. Except for the Red Sox. 
Yeah. But if you go back and, like, if you looked at, like, old pictures of Fenway, the monster was, like, covered in ads. Oh, yeah, it was. You know? Yeah. It wasn't until, like, the 70s. Yeah. That it was, like, And, it, and, and it was only in the 2000s when they put the seats on top yeah. of the monster. I mean, so, I get it. You know, like, it's it's like we're, we're still, like, we're getting up to that age where we're legitimately old enough to be purists about that sort yeah. of thing. But we're also still kind of, like, young enough that, like, you weren't really there and you don't really know what you're talking about. Well, I can about. tell you, if I'm off work, if I am off work on Monday, I'm going to jump on the trolley and head down to the North Shore and hang out with people I know and drink and tailgate and party I enjoy opening day festivities, and then I will not go into the game at all, and I will go sit in a pub where I know the bartender and watch the game on TV. I mean, that's a good move, too. I, I have no intention of going down there at all for opening day. I don't usually. And, uh, uh, there know. was a period of time where I went every year opening day. Where yeah. I was like, oh, it's like, and my my son was younger, and I'm like, yeah, you, you get to miss school today, son. Like, yeah. <laughs> see, like, but that was you know, like my dad never took us down there for that, you know. It yeah. Just it just like I went to one opening day when I was about like thirty three years old. Yeah. I've been to I, I've been to several. I've been to many of them. Like I said, if I'm off work, I'll 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 make the uh, the twenty five minute trolley ride to the North Shore. And I will go meet up with some guys I know that are down there and tailgate and party and whatnot. And they'll go to the game and I'll be like, see you after. Um, if somebody gave me a free ticket, I'd probably go in, but I wouldn't buy anything inside of it. Of course. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. Well, you know, we might we might twist your arm just yet. Yeah. Like, anything could happen. They, well, they we know could... the Fury Brewing guys have some stuff going on down there, so uh, yeah. We're... Uh, thanks to Fury Brewing for uh, joining us with the sports podcast. Thanks for those guys. Uh, whenever I stopped out to the brewery this past Saturday uh, and picked up Dad's nuts, I also picked up the um, Dream Sickle, which actually I moved on to right now. I'm drinking the Dream Sickle uh, as we finish up this podcast, which is a delicious uh, New style IPA. It does has a nice little bite on the back side of it with that orange and citrus flavor. Uh, it's awesome. I, I, I'm drinking out of the can now. I did pour it in a glass the first time I drank it, and it was thick. Like, you can't see through it. Healthy. Yeah. But, all right, thank you guys very much. Enjoy it. Matt, you got anything else going on this week for sports or what you want to... Oh, Be into you're crazy if you don't watch the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, exactly. Sweet Sixteen is worth that. And if if you if you can find time to watch a four hour Steeler game on a Sunday in October, you can certainly watch like the two regional finals on Sunday. Definitely, that's your homework. That's your okay? homework. I'm not going to tell you got to go to church on Sunday. That's up to you. But you got to watch both games on Sunday. All right. Definitely. You might be doing yard work Saturday. It's going to rain Saturday. Watch those games too. Yeah. Right. Uh, don't forget about the uh, match play at the uh, Dell Invitational down, uh, in Austin, Texas, as well as baseball starts tomorrow. Get some baseball in. There's, yeah, don't miss that either. There's, there's even uh, if you're boycotting I, the Pirates, just pick I, a team. I, I think there's four games on ESPN tomorrow. Uh, I think there's a total of like 26 games on ESPN channels in the next like four days. Yeah. So, so it's it's you know it's a cornucopia of baseball action awesome all right folks thank you very much you have a great uh evening day enjoy yourself have yourself a night
I can't tell you what kind of night to have, but have yourself a night. It'd be a good one. Awesome. Enjoy it. We'll be back next week, folks, with uh, more sports updates and baseball being one week in. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. Undefeated Pirates, let's hope. Woohoo! All right, let's go. Take it easy. Peace. Hey, Ians, thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend with the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag Bold Sports. Bold Pittsburgh on the Facebook or boldpgh.com. <laughs>